On today's Monday episode, I'm going to tell you why Jed Hoyer has my absolute full trust as the Cubs head into a pivotal offseason. Let's go. You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Sam Olber. Please support the show by following on your preferred audio platform, and you can watch, subscribe, and leave a comment on YouTube. Thanks so much for making us your first listen. We are lifelong fans, taking our passion into a discussion with you on all things Cubs. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel com slash locked on to get started. Welcome in. Happy Monday to everybody out there. I know it's kind of an icky Monday because we just got off a of Thanksgiving break, but I have a very good episode prepared for you today. And what I typically do when I have a solo show is I like to get a pulse and a beat of what the fans are saying, not just the fans of our show and the listeners of our show, but 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 Cubs fans. So I message, I tweet, I talk with people. And one consistent thing that I have gotten, I would say in the last seven days, because it's been a while since I've had a solo show, is, Sam, why are you so optimistic all of a sudden? What's changed? Why are you so confident? Besides the manager situation, why are the Cubs in such a good spot? And, and these are fair questions. And, and and two references that I could make is that one person said to me that I that I respect was like, hey, you realize they're two moves away in the offseason from just breaking even to where they were last year, assuming you don't have Bellinger back and assuming you don't have Stroman back. So they're, they're missing a number two, three starter and a, a starting center fielder to begin the offseason. So they're two moves away from just breaking even uh, for 2024, which I thought was a fair point. And then the second thing that really kind of made me realize, whoa, uh, so people are are not in the same boat that I am, is somebody proposed a, an offseason transaction list to me over the weekend. Basically, it was like, hey, Sam, I know you said that you want one of the superstars, whether it's you know Otani, Yamamoto, Soto, whatever, but what if they did this? And it was I think it was like Josh Hader, Reese Hoskins, um, Imunaga, and trading for Glass now. And it was like, would that be enough? And I said, ah, that that would be really interesting if, if they went that route. They won't. They're not going to spend that much money on Josh Hader. But the comments to that were basically like, if that's the, the route they go to, Jed Hoyer is going to be fired in 2025. And that really resonated with me. I'm like, wow, fans are are really expecting everything to be solved and major home runs to be hit in this offseason. And if they're not, they're going to have no patience. So I thought this would be a good time to just talk about the long-term outlook of this organization and why Jed Hoyer has my full trust right now. And I'm not going to sit here and ever be the type of guy that says, hey, fan like this or you shouldn't feel this way. As a fan, as a paying customer of the Chicago Cubs, you have the right to feel any way, any type of way that you want. 
But what I have been able to do and what I, I ultimately have to do having a daily podcast is separate my fandom, which is if we don't get Otani or Soto, I'm going to be really upset. But separating that from my also analytical perspective and understanding how the game of baseball works and talking to people around the league that ensure me that the Cubs are in really good shape long term and trying to mix those together and and understand that I'm going to have different takes each day. And, and that's just how it goes. And so to answer the question why I'm so optimistic right now, it's all long term stuff. I am fully aware that, yes, the Cubs are connected to Otani and a Bichette trade and whoever else. But if those things don't happen, it will be a disappointment going into 2024. But that doesn't change the long-term outlook of where the Cubs are headed. And as Craig Council said in his opening press conference, that's just a very healthy place. And let me tell you why. When I evaluate a Major League Baseball organization, I use three characteristics that I think are really important. And the teams that have all three checked are usually a very strong, healthy, consistent organization. And before I say those three things, I want to acknowledge that the ultimate goal, of course, is to win a World Series. But front office members and, and other, other people around the league would say, the next goal, the next biggest goal, and it's not that far off from winning a World Series, is being very good and very consistent year in and year out. Even Theo Epstein used to say, there's randomness in the playoffs. The, the best way to ensure yourself to finally win a World Series is just being around every year. Now, we've seen with the Dodgers and the Rays that it, sometimes it doesn't work out like that. You don't really win that many. But, you know, you look at a team like Houston, they're there every year and they've been able to win too. You know, it's really, really hard to win a World Series. It's very random. But, but the ultimate goal besides winning that is putting yourself in a position every single year to do so. And I believe the three characteristics that you have to have in order to do that are not in any order, a strong player development system, right? And, and I'm not talking about your farm. This is your front office, right? This is analytics. This is, Hey, we notice a characteristic with a one pitcher. We think we could turn him into an asset, right? So Examples of that around the league, Tampa Bay Rays, Milwaukee Brewers, Cleveland. Those are teams that are very strong at internal player development. You come to those organizations, there's a really good chance you're going to get better, right? The second thing is a strong farm system, right? And, and like I said, it's not in any order because you can't really have a good player development system if you don't have good players to develop. And so you want to have a strong farm. You want to have a good crop of young players, not only to come up into the league, but also you want to have a strong group because it's currency, right? It's not money, but it's currency. If you have a really good volume of good young prospects, you can use those prospects to go get a superstar type player. Prospect currency, assets, we've talked about it. The third thing is financial flexibility, right? Hey, Shohei Otani is available. Do we have the funds to go make him a legitimate offer? If you could check all three of those boxes, you are most likely a very, very strong organization. You're talking your Dodgers, your Astros, your Braves, right? Those are those are the teams that have really been able to do all three of those things at a pretty high level. Pay their players, develop them, have a strong system, etc. Three years ago to the day, so this is what, Monday, November 27th, the Cubs were headed into the 2021 offseason with zero of those boxes checked right? The, the core players, your Schwarbers, who I, I believe got non-tendered that year, Rizzo, Bryant, 
Baez, Contreras, they were in decline and they were in contract years. And one of the reasons that they the Cubs couldn't really extend them is they didn't think they were very good. They were heading in the wrong direction. The other is that they did not have any financial flexibility. That's number two. We know the famous quote with Ricketts, you know, biblical proportions. COVID really cost them a lot of money. They had no financial flexibility. That's why they had to get rid of Darvish quicker than probably they would have liked. And they also had, number three, a terrible farm system. It was a bottom-level farm system. So heading into the 2021 organization, and again, it's important to emphasize, I know what the comments are going to say, and they're fair, you need to see the results on the field. But I always say this on the show, baseball works. You know, the good things that you're doing right now, you don't really reap the benefits of that for a while. So even though heading into 2021, the Cubs had high expectations. And I think in May and even early June, they were in first place. So they lost 11 in a row. Internally, it was not a healthy organization. And around the league, people knew they were headed for big trouble, right? And so, you know, that happened. They were they were 0 for 3. And three years later, Jed Hoyer has come in here and he has been able to, I believe, flip all three of those things. We, we know the Cubs have financial flexibility. That's not, not as much a Jed thing as it is a Ricketts thing. And, and that's a fact. I mean, they went out and spent a ton of money on Dansby. They got Bellinger. They got Tyone. They're in tr- talks with Otani. I mean, obviously the Cubs have money now and, and hopefully they spend it. Prospect-wise, they are undoubtedly you know, unarguably a top five system in baseball across all accounts. And some people would even say significantly higher than that. I mean, we've talked about it on this show. There, there are platforms that have them at, at number one. And I think their player development system has really changed. I mean, just look at Craig Breslow getting the offer and, and taking it to run the Red Sox. And, you know, Cody Bellinger coming in here and having the second best year of his career coming off two or three disastrous seasons. And he credited Dustin Kelly to a, a big part of his turnaround. The Cubs have been able to flip the script. They are now, again, like Craig Council said, in a very healthy position as an organization. And I understand that that doesn't matter until you start to see wins on the field. And I would argue that you should have seen about 87, 88, 89 wins last year. And we know why I feel that that didn't happen. And now that has been corrected with a managerial change. And the biggest reason I'm sure Craig Council wanted to come here besides dollar signs was because of what he said, that healthy element of that organization. And I, I guess the point that I'm trying to make with this whole rant is you should expect if you want the moon and you want the stars, you go expect that. But I think it's important to try and remind you guys that I want Shohei really bad. And I think the Cubs have a legitimate chance to get him. But if they don't, And if they do win, let's say, 87, 88 games next year, it doesn't mean disaster. The organization is in a healthy place long term. And now it's it's just time to, you know, get that progress on the field and start winning and make making playoffs again. But I'm telling you, when you look at the current state of organizations around baseball, the Cubs are, are in not only in the top half, but easily in the top 10. When you look at you know, the three things that I mentioned. And I just think Jed Hoyer deserves the bulk of the credit for that. Of course, he's made mistakes. I mean, Jamison Tyone, year one, that was a mistake. Mancini, Hosmer, uh, there's a lot of mistakes and that's just part of the gig. But where this organization was three years ago in terms of their future and their long-term outlook compared to where they are right now, he's done a magnificent job. And 
I see that. I know how baseball works. I talk to people, like I said, around the league that see that as well. But I totally understand that we need to start seeing that on the field. And I think we did. I mean, we should have been a playoff team last year. And now it's time to take another jump this year and and then hopefully be really good and consistent for years in and year out starting next year. Um, but that's just that that's my take on Jed. I just I, I wanted to just remind everybody that don't don't freak out, you know, if, if something, hey, you know, Imanaga went to the Cardinals or whatever. Just, oh, that's on Jed. Jed is in a really good place right now. And this organization is in a very strong position to really start doing some things moving forward. Now it's just time to to put the wins um, where our mouths are. And I think the easiest way and the the best way to do that would be to sign Shohei Otani. So coming up next, we are going to do our latest updates on Shohei Otani. There's not much there, but you know we're on obsessive Shohei watch like everybody else. And so let's uh, get into that next. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL season is underway. We got college basketball going. There's a lot going on. And enjoy all that stuff with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. This Monday night or tonight, if you're listening on Monday, the Chicago Bears are a curious only three-point underdog in Minnesota, according to FanDuel. And I always use uh, the Vegas method. If it seems weird to you, usually I agree with Vegas. They know something that you don't. If you want to spice up your Monday night, take the Bears plus three. I mean, I don't understand how they're only three-point dogs, but maybe maybe there's something there that we don't. They they shot down to plus seven and a half against Detroit last week, and they covered that game fairly easily. So who knows? Maybe you bet the Bears. I'm not going to, but I'll be on FanDuel looking at different spreads. Please visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season or continue the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the Locked On podcast and the NFL. We are back here on Locked on Cubs. And I talked about in the first part of this episode that, you know, I trust Jed Hoyer and I, I believe in him. And, you know, if, if Cody Bellinger ends up on the New York Yankees for 200 plus M's, sure, I'll be upset, but I'll believe that Jed Hoyer had the long term, you know, the, the long term outlook. The, the best long-term outlook for this team that he could, and, and he didn't feel like that was the best thing for the organization. One thing I think is pretty clear is that Jed Hoyer feels very strong about acquiring Shohei Otani. And, you know, a lot of that is, you know, not up to him. All he can do is, is create an offer and hope Shohei comes. But we talked about on, on, on the show, he's judged by results. And if the Cubs do miss on Shohei, we will know that Jed wanted that, right? If they don't get Bellinger or, you know, you lose Stroman, that's one thing because Jed could say, hey, we really didn't want him at that price. We know Jed Hoyer wants Shohei Otani. The Cubs have made no secret about it. And this is one where, you know, you'd really like to get him. And if you didn't, you have the right as a fan and I will be the first one there that'll be very, very disappointed. I don't, it won't change my opinion on Jed Hoyer in the sense that I think he's done a really nice job here, but you really want Shohei. 
You really want that. You want your face, your franchise. I've said it many times on this show. I think this is the offseason to take that step towards getting that that face your franchise. If you want to compare it to the offseason heading into 2015, obviously it's much different, but you went out, you got John Lester, you got Joe Madden, right? And then it was the next year you put a little bit of sprinkles. You went out, you got your Ben Zobrist. Midway through the year, you traded for Aroldis Chapman, and that turned into a World Series. It feels like this is the offseason where you really want that backbone type of guy, and he's there. And the latest updates with Shohei are really not much. Uh, there was a little bit of buzz, like could he sign early? Could he sign over the weekend? Uh, that did not happen. Uh there was a little bit of, okay, he's going to you know wait till the winter meetings. You know, I saw, I think it was it was Morosi, um, and then it was Rogers, and then it was the big one was Bruce Levine, I believe, who said on the radio that the Cubs are among four or five teams. The interest is real, um, but there are four or five teams in there, which I think put off a, a couple other people because it's like, oh well, you know, if it's us, I thought it was just us and the Dodgers. Well, look, everybody's going to going to be in on Shohei and it's going to be a a major talking point uh in in the beginning part of winter meetings you know it, it's been widely reported that he is going to be very secretive about his meetings and and his you know conversations so you know the rumor mill is exactly going to be that it's going to be rumor 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 I think the Cubs have a very good chance. Somebody asked me on Saturday, give me your percentage chance that they get Shohei. And I went, I, I probably went a little too high, but I went 50-50. Like I, I really believe they have a good opportunity. I think it all makes sense. I think from what we've all heard about, hey, he he's not as concerned about geography. He wants to win. And he, you know, I, I just think all of that makes sense. And it comes down to the Dodgers and the Cubs for for those boxes to be checked. Like if he signs with the Giants, which which is a team I always hear, I, I don't think that makes a ton of sense to me if he really wants to win. You know, the Giants are obviously a much better organization than the Angels, but you could just see the same type of team. He would be on a team that is probably projected to win in the low 80s. And, you know, we want to see Shohei Otani play in the postseason. I think, you know, the teams where he co- where he goes and, and you feel really strong about a postseason are obviously the Dodgers. I mean, he knows if he goes to the Dodgers, he's playing in the postseason and the Cubs. And and, you know, we're going to do an episode, you know, early this week. I think Matt is going to go through it about, hey, why should Shohei come to the Cubs? So I don't want to step on those toes. But there are cases to be made why he would want to come to the Cubs over the Dodgers. And that's ultimately um, what's what what it's going to come down to. But really, the purpose of this segment is to let you know that I've asked. I, I've asked every source that I have, which isn't that many. It's like two of them. Hey, what's up? What's going on with Shohei? And I get the same response, man. I, I don't know. I know the Cubs are heavily involved, but we're in the dark. Nobody really knows what he's going to do. I'm interested to see the, the contract negotiations. Are teams offering him incentive-based deals? Like, hey, we'll give you 250 to DH for us, and then if you throw X amount of innings, we'll go up. Or in year two, if you throw 150 innings, that'll go up to – you'll get an extra 25, 30, something like that because I do believe that his injury has given the Cubs a much better chance of getting him if he didn't get hurt. Because I think if he didn't get hurt, the Dodgers would just offer him everything under the sun and say, hey, come come to us. Uh, so I am interested in that, but but I really 
the, the Otani watch, the update is, I really don't have one for you. I'm, I'm doing my best. I would love to, to be able to have one for you. I don't. I just think not a lot of people have any idea what he's going to do. And I think that plays into the Cubs' advantage because a lot of people thought that the Dodgers were a foregone conclusion, and that's just not the case right now. It, he may end up there, but it's not a a slam dunk. So that's pretty much it with, with Shohei. The rest of the week, uh, we should have a very fun show planned for you. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more Otani. Winter meetings are a week off. And if you get anything out of this episode today, you should want anything that you want that, that, that you desire as a Cub fan for 2024. But the point I'm trying to make is that Jed Hoyer has done an awesome job where it's hard to see. And he's made this organization into a, a, a real just loaded with assets. And the long-term outlook of this team is very, very good. And that's why I've had a lot of optimism. And it wasn't until Craig Council left his current position or left, you know, uh, money from the Mets on the table to come here. Because remember, Craig Council, he didn't have all three of those. He had a very strong player development, a very strong farm system. But what did he, did not, what did he not have? He didn't have that financial flexibility. Now he has all three at his disposal. And I just think, my optimism and, and outlook on this organization really changed the day the Cubs hired him because it was much more than just a managerial thing. It signaled, signaled a lot. And when the best guy in town or, or in the league wants to come manage for you and then talks about the health of your organization, it's hard not to be excited about the long-term outlook of things. So that's where I'm at. But that also doesn't you know, leave things off the hook if the Cubs completely strike out this offseason. They need to improve. They need to have a better year in 2024. And I believe that they will do that. So uh, big week ahead, a lot of previews, a lot of rumors, a lot of hot stove. And then, you know, a, a week from now, we'll be talking winter meetings and every single day with the winter meetings, you know, something's going to come up and uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I remember last year, a lot of big free agent signings, you know, they, they broke late, late at night, central time. So Matt and I are obviously going to do our best to be aware of everything. Hop on. I know there was a, a fake glass now trade that got released on Saturday. Make sure you, you know, you don't have those check marks anymore. So make sure on Twitter, you're looking at how many followers does this person have? Make sure you know that they're legit because I got some messages on Twitter. I was out with some friends and it's like, Hey, how are you not live right now? We got glass now. I'm like, no, we didn't. Um, if we did, I would be live. So Make sure that you guys are very aware of those things and, you know, enjoy it. This is going to be a fun offseason. I've said it all along. I think it's going to be a, a very fun time. I think it's a really cool time to be a Chicago Cubs fan because it's not in your face obvious that things are amazing. But if you really dig deep, um, I think the future is very, very bright. Uh, hope you guys have a great Monday, and Matt and I will see you on Tuesday. Shout out to the everydayers who are with us all five episodes throughout the week, and you can become an everydayer by checking us out each and every weekday. Be sure to hit that subscribe button for Locked On Cubs on YouTube and smash the like button for the algorithm. We are also on Apple, Spotify, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts and streaming on SiriusXM. I'm Sam Olber, and this was Locked On Cubs. In Jed, I trust.